Dear listener, it is never easy for someone to talk about things like trauma. Today, I am taking the path of allowing myself to be vulnerable to you by sharing my story of pain, abuse, forgiveness, and healing. I wasn't always as vocal as I am today, and I wanted to share with you the reason why I remained silent for so long. There was a time that I did remain silent, and it was torturous. After leaving the religious life, I was told that I should stay away from the community for at least six months to a year. That period of being away from, the, from my community was so difficult. I wish I had someone to talk to, but I had to keep my distance from them. I saw the members of the community, even the bad ones who abuse their power, as family. I went back to America and kept my distance from them. I had no hope in life. I couldn't dream. I couldn't see any future for myself. Freedom terrified me. I would lock myself in my room and remember all of the abuse I had taken. I would try to forget it, but the emotions haunted me. I did forget a lot of it, but there were many wounds, many wounds. Even with this in mind, I still wanted to be a part of that community, but as a layperson. It was a confusing and dark period for me. Eventually, my time of being away from the community was well past six months, and I heard that the founder was going to have a third order retreat in Alabama. I was dying inside. I didn't know how to live, and I saw this as an opportunity to go to the retreat so that I could get some spiritual nourishment. I texted the priest who was located in Alabama and asked permission to go. He said, yes. This next part is called In the Lion's Den. I drove with some third order friends who were going to attend the retreat. A piece of me was so happy that I would be able to pray with my community of brothers and sisters again. Most of all, I was excited because I was in desperate need of spiritual nourishment and guidance, and this was finally my chance after being away from the community to get the nourishment which I thought I needed. I remember driving for several hours until we finally reached Alabama. We went to the retreat center, and I saw that there was a line where the third orders would go to the registration table and get their name tags. I could feel my heart racing, and I started to sweat out of nervousness and fear. I saw the brothers and sisters who I used to pray with, and that got me even more on edge. I hated for them to see me so miserable, but there was nothing that I could do about it. Then I saw one of the sisters who was a total pain in the ass. Instantly, I could feel my fear turn into irritation when I saw her. She was one of those sisters who acts like a princess, like she has some special past to be a nasty person to everyone. Many had told me around that time that she was being trained to be the next mother superior 
if anything were to happen to the one in charge. Frustrated by seeing her, I decided to go for a walk outside. When I went outside to get some fresh air, I found a bit of a bit of relief when I saw the priest whom I texted. I ran up to him and greeted him warmly, thanking him for giving me this opportunity for me to be there. He smiled and told me to take a tour of the grounds. He assured me that he would talk to me later on during the day. And so that's what I did. I took a tour of the place and saw plenty of beautiful religious art, which was very inspiring. But then the tour was over and this priest was nowhere to be found. I understood that he must have been very busy since they were having a retreat. I stayed in the chapel, which was next door from where the retreat was being held. Periodically, I would step out to see if perhaps he was looking for me. Nothing. I had waited, but I never saw him again the whole day. I wasn't angry at all, but I was tired of waiting, and there was nothing I could do about it. Then the next day came. We left our hotel rooms and were back at the retreat center for the second day of talks. Some of the brothers and sisters were super cool and said hello to me, which made me feel pretty good. But there still was no sign of that priest. I wanted so much for him to sit down with me and give me some spiritual direction to listen to me, something, a word of advice. But he wasn't there. Finally, after walking back and forth for more than an hour, I saw him from the corner of my eye. I said good morning to him, and he quickened his step. He told me that he was busy and that he would talk to me later. At that moment, I remember the time in Delaware when I heard the news of the death of my grandma, and I waited for my superior so that I could ask for permission to go home to mourn with my family. I went up to the superior and he totally ignored me. He was doing it again, ignoring me, pretending to care, inviting me all the way to Alabama to pretend that he gave a damn. But instead, he made me wait all day for the hell of it. His name is Father Jose Viola. And I find his behavior that day in Alabama and during my time as a brother to be very disturbing to be playing with the emotions of members like that. I then remembered how he lied to my family when I was in San Antonio, when he told my brother that he was going to bless his home. We waited all day and he never showed up. I then remember the time he lied to my family and lied to me, pinning us against each other. He told my family that it was my choice not to go to my grandmother's funeral because I was too busy with my missionary life. And he told me that my family preferred that I stayed in Delaware to pray for the family because they didn't want to spend money to buy my airplane ticket. I only found out the truth when my brother confronted me about it later on. I had already forgiven him and forgotten, forgotten about all this mistreatment. But seeing him do the same crap to me 
again made me wonder if I had truly forgotten the mistreatments or was I merely sweeping this under the rug? I've already asked for permission to be here and it had been granted by Father Jose. I drove all the way from San Antonio to be here for spiritual nourishment and spiritual nourishment is what I'm going to get. I'm not going to wait out here like a sucker anymore. I'm going to go into that retreat center, pray with the others, and hear the talks. I then walked up to the door, and as soon as I opened it, one of the elder sisters yelled, No, you are not to go in there. Why not? I have permission to be here, so I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to be waiting out here anymore like a sucker. You have no permission to be here. Get out. Man, she was yelling at me like crazy. (laughs) So I responded, why are you treating me like this? I was a brother for 11 years and served with all my heart. I gave it my all. What's so wrong with me going in there to get spiritual nourishment that I need? You aren't a brother anymore. This is only for third orders. This is only for us. You're not one of us anymore. Okay, I'm not a brother. But how can you go on wearing that veil on your head, pretending to be a sister, pretending to be a Catholic, pretending to be a Christian? The way you are treating me, is that so Christ-like? This is a joke. You sisters are not being Christian, and you are so freaking blind. I stormed out of there and went outside. I was freaking pissed. Have me come all the way over here to Alabama just to treat me like this, just to treat me like shit? That was fucked up. Then another sister came up to me. She at least tried to talk to me instead of yell and humiliate me. Hey, bro, why are you mad? I told her, man, that's messed up how she treated me, how she talked to me. I didn't do anything to deserve that. She spoke to me as if I were some kind of devil or something. I'm very sorry, bro, but... Those are the rules. Non-members aren't allowed to join. I'm very sorry, sister, but those rules are bullshit. What the community is doing is messed up. I walked away from that sister a little calmer. I was still upset, but at least she took time to talk to me in private and in a nice way, unlike the previous sister who yelled at me in public. I walked around the area trying to breathe. I felt like I was being stabbed from all directions. From the people whom I loved. The people whom I once trusted with all my heart. The sun was still up. But I was still in the dark. I asked for spiritual nourishment. But instead, I was pushed away like a leper. Little did I know that more was going to happen that day. So that was taken from my blogs and I just read it because I understand that not everyone has a chance to read my blogs. And so since I'm doing this in the podcast version, uh, I'm going to read it for, for those who, who can't read it, but also just a little bonus. I'm going to be giving a little more, uh, of a commentary on what happened. So in that story, you know, first you see, I asked permission to go to Alabama. I'm not even a brother anymore. And I'm still like a slave to these people, which 
is you know characteristic of of a cult but anyways so i'm i'm still asking permission and the priest father jose whom i've mentioned you know god bless him i pray for him but anyways so he's he gives me the yes he gives me the okay and then i get there and then he just totally evades totally you know runs away and he pretends to listen to me and says oh yeah i'll talk to you later just uh go take a walk and i'll, I'll be with you and that's something that they do uh when when you're a brother they they mess with you and probably even with the sisters they'll say yeah you can do this yeah, you can uh you can go visit your family or you can do some particular obedience you can you can do that that's fine and then when you do it they turn and say oh we we never gave you that permission that yeah you're lying you know so they really there's so much gaslighting where you have to question what is real and a lot of the a, a lot of my time after leaving was spent pondering and and trying to forget but then pondering so often if if those things that happened were real or not, because they put you in a situation where you question your own reality. Another thing that I want to hit on is if you if you listened or if you read, when I got tired of waiting, I said, "All right, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to this retreat and I'm going to listen." And what did the sister do? The sister said, "Hey, no, you need to get out of here because you're not one of us anymore." And that's another trait which you find in cults. It's that very exclusive. It's very. It's only for us. You know this this information that that this founder is going to be giving in this retreat. It's only for us. We're the best in the world. We're the best Catholics. We're the best everything. And because you're not one of us anymore, we have to shun you. We have to push you away. We have to humiliate you. And that's what they do. And you see that in other cults and it's very, it's very painful, especially for a member like me, whom at that time, I didn't see it as a cult. I saw it more as, Hey, these are holy people. These are supposed to be nuns and priests, but even though they might be called nuns and priests, I see how their ideas have been really, I'll use the word that the founder uses, infested by, by uh, this wrong mentality. Uh, instead of being Christ-like, it's very cult-like. And um, so that really shocked me. I mean, it wasn't really a shock because I've seen them embarrass and humiliate members, and I've heard them talk shit about ex-members before. But it was really shocking that they were doing it to me because I'm like, hey, like, I was just with you guys, you know, not that long ago. I mean, I mean, we pray together and you're still going to be treating me like this. And so we had a, that big argument and uh, I ended up storming out. But a third thing that I wanted to point out in this brief commentary is that sister at the end whom I told this is bullshit. Um, I'm. I'm talking about her because she's a good person and she did something that not that many other members from that community have the guts to do. And that is talk to me like a human being. Um, I feel that with this call like mentality, we were trained to not look at ex members as 
as valuable. You look at them like they're broken pieces. You look at them like we would say they are KIA, which it, which means they killed in action. And we would have like this this I don't know of a joke, but we would say we would say to each other, "Oh, you want to be like them, KIA? You want to be killed in action, or do you want to stay?" So I feel that many of us you're put in that position where you have to stay because okay, you don't want to be humiliated. You don't want to be seen as oh as the weakest link. You want to be seen as someone strong, someone who can keep the standards that the founder has and that the community has. And uh, bravo to that sister for having the guts to talk to me, not as a sinner, not as like a wreck, or as they would say, oh, ex-members, they are hex, they're cursed. God doesn't want to do anything with them anymore. She had the guts to talk to me one-on-one nicely and that that just goes to show that there are many members in there whom i believe are real victims because they still up to this point i don't think they know what on earth is going on i don't think that they've seen the deceit that these uh, the, the founder and and those who are on top i don't think i don't think that they see uh the deceit that they have done not only to members, but also to bishops, to third orders, to benefactors. And a lot of it is a lie. And I'm pointing it out. I'm revealing it because it sucks. It sucks that these good people are there, you know, living in fear or maybe they're happy. I don't know. But what they're living is a lie. And, you know, if that were my sister... I mean, I wouldn't I want her to know the truth or would I want her to live in this fake reality? So I was living in the fake reality for quite a while. And I know it's hard, but that's why I'm doing this blog so that, you know, we can understand the pain, the abuse, and also the healing and the forgiveness that I am going through. But also there are many others who are going through their own journeys and I'm going to end it there, but I'll be doing uh, soon enough. I'll be doing the part two of this and also a commentary. So if you have any questions, uh, please uh, message me on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever and uh, connect with me. And I'll try to be uh, transparent and to answer your questions um, so that you know, we can all move on together. So thank you for listening. God bless and keep me in your prayers and please keep them in your prayers because I really, I really still do love them and I wish the best for them, but we, we have to keep praying for them. So have a good day. God bless and take care.